Welcome to our messages online. Today we'll be in the book of Luke chapter 11 and we'll get a chance to hear from our missions team and their recent trip to Sierra Leone, West Africa. Good morning church family. It is good to see you today. I want to share with you from God's Word today. We're going to look at some grace encounters. We've been looking at how Jesus met with people, and they were grace encounters. They didn't deserve it, but Jesus met with them. And we need another one today where we meet with Jesus so that we can extend His grace this coming week. And so we'll call this Grace Encounters Sierra Leone Edition. So if you have your Bibles, I want to teach you a little bit, and then we'll hear some stories that relate to this passage. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. If you want to use this Bible sitting in front of you, we're going to be on page 869. 869. And after we look into these words of Jesus a little bit, and I share four brief points with you, I'm going to invite our team up, and they'll talk about some of the grace encounters they had in the country of Sierra Leone on the west coast of Africa. While you're turning there... I just want to say it was a few weeks ago that uh, six of us from Willamette Community Church got to go, and uh, we were given some beautiful shirts when we were in a little village of Gandama. Some of us have those on today. Uh, some of us got shirts from Moyamba. That's where I got this one. And, and so we're going to tell you these stories. We were in our place that we call our home away from home, and that's Moyamba, it's a little church that we got to plant back in 2011, and so we were there a few weeks back in a packed room. It was so hot, and it was loud, and uh, so we'll show you some pictures, some videos of that today. A um, place where we've put in some clean water wells that they don't have access to that. place where we have started a school, and we're blessed to be a part of this gospel of Jesus that is global. And so we'll tell you about that. But let's look at Luke chapter 11 and what I'd like to entitle, Teach Us to Pray. Because even as we're going to Africa, God is teaching us some things about prayer. And he wants to teach every single one of us today some thoughts on prayer. And so if you look at this passage in Luke chapter 11, I just want to read the first four verses and draw out four thoughts from that this morning. Thoughts that I hope will encourage you to connect with God this week, that would draw you closer to Him. It says this in Luke chapter 11, verse 1, Now Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when He finished a time of prayer, one of His disciples said to Him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught His disciples. And Jesus said to them, When you pray, say, Father, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who's indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. Let's stop there. As we consider our church-wide development, we've been calling this a year of development this passage can help us understand how, how as a church we can pray, but this is also for our personal development, for how every single one of us can develop in our relationship with God. We're called to grow closer to God. One of those ways is through prayer, to help others along the way. Well, the, the more rightly we're related with God, the, the more we can help others. 
As a disciple of Jesus, we want to grow closer and learn from him. Teach us how to pray. Teach us how to connect to you with the intent that we want to invest in other people and and teach them the same things that Jesus has been teaching us. So let's look at this. Verse 1, Jesus was praying in a certain place. Write this down, if you would, that Jesus developed. This was part of Jesus' development, but Jesus developed as he spent quality time in prayer. Jesus, as he's growing up physically, is also growing in his relationship with his Father. And he's realizing, I've got to spend time with him. I've got to spend time with him because a few things happen as we spend time with God. One, we start sharing our heart more. Hopefully, we're sharing our anxieties. We're sharing our cares. And we're saying, Father, hear what's on my heart. Jesus had things on his heart. Every single one of us does. God reminds us over and over, and sometimes we get to go to Africa, and he grows us this way. But if you have cares and anxieties, he says, come to me. This is part of your development. Share your heart. Listen for direction. Jesus would do this. Where are we going next, Father? Simply by hanging out with the Father, we're just listening. What would you direct me to do? Because I kind of want to go my way, but what would you want me to do? And then the reality is, as we spend time with the Father, it's finding strength to minister. As we spend time, it's like, oh, oh, Dad, I, this is difficult. He goes, I'll strengthen you. And so Jesus developed as he spent quality time with the Father. I go on to read in that verse 1, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us then to pray. And we see this, that the disciples were developing as they were learning to pray. The disciples are humbly coming to Jesus saying, we don't know it all. We think you know more than us. Teach us something. And if you claim to be a follower of Jesus, that means you're a disciple of Jesus. You should have this mentality. I should have this mentality. Teach me more on how to pray. We got to Africa. We're like, man, God continue to teach us to pray. As we get older and older, we should keep asking, God, teach us to pray. It's part of our development as Jesus followers. I'd hope that you'd be teachable and and that you'd be humble and be a learner like this disciple who said, teach us, teach us. In verse 2, we see this. Jesus says, Father, we get to call Almighty God. We get to call this eternal God. We get to call him Dad. We get to jump in his lap and, Dad, Father, hallowed be your name. You are holy. You're separate. You're different. You're you're amazing. You're above us. But we're praying for your kingdom to come. Write this down, if you would, that prayer aligns my agenda with God's. It, uh, It aligns me with God's agenda. You and I struggle with this. I just know this. This is part of humanity. We wake up and say, this is what I need to do today. Or today, maybe, I I found myself when I wasn't the lead pastor here, I I would sit in the pew at times on Sunday and just plan out my whole week, right? And I was, this is my agenda. I got to do all this. But what prayer does is we listen to God. It aligns us with his agenda. And he goes, well, I want you to spend more time doing this. And so when Jesus teaches and says, we're praying that God's kingdom comes, it's not that my kingdom comes, but it's his. It's not my agenda that needs to be played out, but it's God's agenda that needs to be played out. 
You've seen this with your immature kids, right? They're, Mom, Dad, gimme, 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 gimme. That's my agenda. And we do this with God sometimes, right? God, give me a good day. God, bless me. God, we sound like immature kids sometimes, as opposed to saying, wait a second, it is about your kingdom, and I want it to come. And I want it to come in my life and through my life. And sometimes prayer is just this humble realization. is like, I'm an immature kid. And God says, I know. I love you. But let's adjust that to make it about my kingdom. We talked last week about how we must die. We must die to distractions and other things. Our agendas must die. Just repeat after me. My agenda must die. God loves it when you say that. If you'd come to him and pray and say, my agenda must die. I want your agenda to be my life's desire. Then I look at verse 3, and it says this, give us each day our daily bread. And prayer exposes my desperation for God. When we come before God, it would start to expose our desperation Now, when this was written in the first century, the Jewish people of the day who heard this, they would need, where's my next meal coming from? Where are some of my things coming from this next week? They didn't necessarily have all the refrigerators and freezers that we have. They didn't have Costco necessarily where they'd just run and get whatever they need. And sometimes that was a very practical issue. Where is my daily bread coming from? For us, it's not necessarily the issue. When we go to Sierra Leone, we see that it is more of an issue. Where's the next meal coming from? Where's the next year's wages coming from? And yet it still exposes desperation for us. When we go to God in prayer and say, God, provide for me. And we can look at our bank account and say, you know what, I I could live a little while. I started hearing scares this week like, There won't be any toilet paper in the stores. There won't be any Clorox wipes in the stores. There won't be hand sanitizer in the stores. And there won't be bottled water in the stores. Did you hear any of those things? I went to the grocery store just yesterday to check this out. It's there. But I started thinking, God, if it got that bad and we were freaking out, who would provide? He's like, I've always provided I got you on a little planet, and it's cruising around. It's spinning right now, and it's cruising through. I'm always providing. When you were sleeping, I was providing oxygen for you to breathe. Don't worry about toilet paper. I'm providing everything. And prayer just reminds me our desperation, my desperation for God and ours. And so prayer is this humble response, realizing that I frankly need God every hour. Not just because coronavirus is around the world. Not just because the stock market's struggling. I just, I always am in need of God. Amen? And we saw that in special ways in Sierra Leone. And I want you to hear from some of this today. I want you to leave today having heard some of our mission trip and hear some stories. But I want to have you leave today saying, wait a second, I personally need to spend more time with God. And I need to put away my agenda for his, and I need to seek him and be desperate for him. But I I want you leaving today and saying, I need to be praying for some of my brothers and sisters who have it rougher than me in some ways, 
but frankly, who might be more blessed than me in some ways. And I, I want you to leave today praying for our brothers and sisters in West Africa. So to hear some of those stories, would you welcome up onto the stage our Sierra Leone team that uh, came back a couple weeks ago. Let's welcome them up. Come on up. I'll have that one for you, buddy. This is Chris Spivey, our worship director, Bethany Hale, Amy Acord, and Tony Pope. And so I'm glad you're here. My son's not here today. He was on our trip, but uh, five of us made it. That's pretty. He, he made it back to America, but he just, he's not with us today. And uh, anyway, want uh, you to hear some stories. We're going to start with Chris. Tell us a little of sure. what's on your heart. Well, um, some may ask, hey, why, why did we go on this trip? And it's actually quite simple. Jesus, in his parting words to the disciples, he said, um, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. That's why we go. We want to make disciples. And um, we want to make disciples who make disciples. And so this is actually, this was my fifth time going to Africa yeah, each time's a little bit, uh, a little bit different. Um, I, w- I would like to point out everybody made it back, so that's good. But my job is simply the, uh, uh, doing a lot of the logistics and stuff like that. So when we land, we know where we're going, we know who we're meeting, all that kind of good stuff. And that's important to know because when you're in Africa, I mean, there's no Uber. So getting around is a little bit tough. Um, but uh, the reason why we go is to make disciples. And on a trip like this, What we're doing is we're developing relationships so we know in all wisdom who to develop and um, or who are we supposed to invest in people-wise and also systems-wise so that we can create disciples. And and even while we're gone, they're out there making more disciples and stuff too. Um, This year, we, we all prepared by reading the book Toxic Charity. And what that does is that just prepares our heart for when we go over there and we see a need, not to just jump the gun and, and say, okay, we need to start creating another system here, another here, throw money here. It's, it's not that easy. But we prepared ourselves by getting in the word, by praying, by reading these, this book. And what we're doing is we're putting all these things into our heart and we're filling our heart so that when we go over there, we are prepared for the brokenness that we're going to see. So we're preparing our hearts to be broken. And I would like to say, if if you're at all interested in going on the Africa trip and you hear these stories and God's like putting it on your heart, I need to go. We're going to go next February, God willing. Write it on a connection card and we'll get you some more information. But um, in your worship program, at the back of uh, your sermon notes, there's a little bit of a timeline for our involvement in uh, Sierra Leone. And it started in 2008 where the church decided Instead of spending a bunch of money on Christmas gifts, we're going to start helping get involved with this clean water stuff. And Scott, what was what was that like back in 2008? Yeah, yeah 2008, and some of you were here back then. We just realized uh, throughout the world there's a lack of clean water. And uh, in fact, the night we talked about that here, I remember I had Angela, my wife, passing out water bottles people coming in and so many of us like no I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine which exactly showed that you know to us clean water we got it I don't need your water bottle but there are a lot of people uh, dying from lack of clean water and one of those places was in West Africa 
And so we started, we took offerings and started putting in clean water wells in Liberia and in Sierra Leone. And uh, before long, we said, um, I wonder if we could ever go there. And uh, we partnered with Jefferson Baptist Church, who had been going over there. Uh, Our neighbor's just on the other side of I-5 there. And um, I got to go on a trip in 2011, and that's where uh, we really started our specific investment in that country. Yeah, I think we actually have a a photo up here from that first evening. And how how many people were there at the church that evening? Um, I don't know. There were probably 100 people out there. I mean, it was dark, and, you know, they're, they're kind of darker than... Hard to see. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so it was hard to see one light bulb, uh, you know, shining off my bald head or whatever. But anyway, it was a Thursday night, and we said, hey, everybody, we're going to be able to start a church this Sunday right here in your community that's going to talk about Jesus Christ. And, and so Pastor Patrick Coker is going to lead that church. And so that was back in 2011, and, uh, and lots this, happened since then. Yeah, this bottom uh, picture right here is actually the uh, Sunday that we were there. So you can see that the ministry's grown, and that's Pastor Patrick and his wife, Teresa. They've been uh, in Moyamba ever since 2011 ministering, and it's really fun because uh, driving around town with him, he's, he's kind of a local celebrity. Everybody just yell out, you know, hey, Pastor, Pastor, and then he'd say, Go to church. <laughs> Why weren't you in church today? <laughs> but uh, he's, been, he's been pouring and making disciples. One of the newest things that he's been doing for the last uh, couple years is uh, we encouraged him to make disciples, to work himself out of a job in a way. And every Monday night, he's been meeting with uh, these men in the church and doing a discipleship class. One of those, actually, is um, Pastor Michael from Gundama. He's right here. He is actually the chief of the town as well. And one thing I want to say about this is you're going to see a video later with this particular people. When we got there, we learned that one of those ladies just lost her husband. And then we also learned just the night before that a lady was given birth and she gave birth to a a stillborn child. And then there were complications that she didn't make it to the hospital in time, so she even passed away. But you wouldn't know it by these people. In their grief, they were still worshiping the Lord because they depended on him. It was so moving, and so I, I, can't, I can't put it into words, but it was, it was heaven, really. But Pastor Patrick's been pouring into the Michael here, and one of the cool things, it was just by the grace of God, I found a website that translates the New Testament into multiple different languages. I think right now they're up over a 1,000, and we were able to find that. And because of your faithfulness and giving, uh, we were able to download the entire New Testament and put it on an MP3 player so that Pastor Michael, in his own language, can learn the Word of God. And we can give God a, God a hand for that because... They don't have Bibles like we do in front of us. It's not written down. So the way that they learn is they have to learn through spoken word. And so we're building into him. And a couple uh, years ago, we met a gentleman. Actually, no, this is last year. uh, Pastor Francis at Mile 91. We first met him because he needed a well next to his church. And so we got introduced to him uh, through some of the locals there. 
And this is him right here. We also got to spend, uh, Pastor Cyrus and I, a week with him at the Bible Institute, just learning about his ministry. He's at this place they call Mile 91. That's just the, it's the mile marker. And they just said, hey, let's just name our city this. Mile 91, that's easy. Um, this is his, uh, his church and his school right here. We were rolling up uh, from after coming and seeing a well, and all of a sudden we heard this like, just like music in the background. We thought, hey, someone's having a party. Well, that party was for us. We were rolling up, and these kids were just singing and praising the Lord. It was truly amazing. Uh, Pastor Francis and his wife, they live in this area where it is 99% Muslim, and they felt a call on their life by the Lord to move there and try and influence uh, it for the gospel. The challenge is, as Christians in a Muslim community, you can imagine the kind of uh, adversity that they face. Some of it is they won't allow them to have water. They won't allow them to, actually right now he's facing a struggle because they're taking away his church building and they're going to have to relocate to another property. Actually, this property where we're at right now is where they're hoping to build at some point. But he's another guy that just spreading the gospel, building disciples, and so pray for him. Pray for him and his family. They have a lot that are, that's going on. Uh, you got to be a part of oh, something yeah. special. Oh, this was fun, too. Um, we did, for the second year in a row, we did a worship conference. And these are worship leaders from all around. And I just was blessed to go and just encourage and equip. One of the biggest problems that they have in this country is uh, prosperity gospel. And so they have preachers all across the nation saying, give me money and Jesus will bless you. Give me money. Yeah. And so another way to preach the gospel is through their music. They love music. The kids love music. As a matter of fact, they, they told me I need to learn how to dance better for, for music. And you, I, know, I won't, you don't have to worry. I'm not going to do it right now. I would agree that you need to learn how to dance better, but we don't want to see that most likely That's right. on Sundays. I'll, at home. <laughs> I'll practice at home. <laughs> okay. But just equip them with some theology and just give them encouragement because they face a lot of discouraging things in their line of work. And so it was, uh, we did a question and answer format, and it was just, uh, we left smiles on our faces. They had smiles on their faces, and we had a ringing in our ear because it was loud. A little loud. A little loud. But, yeah, it, it was a wonderful time. Yeah. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your prayers. They were felt more than you know, especially when we were dealing with these things of death and travel. We were walking through the, the airports, and people were wearing masks. As a matter of fact, I didn't tell the team this, but while we were there, um, a, a group of Chinese nationals got um, quarantined. Oh, you knew? Okay, well, I was trying to keep it from They weren't you. telling you. They weren't telling me. <laughs> but anyway, thank you so much for your prayers. It is only by the grace of God that nobody got sick, nobody got injured, Although I, will, I, I did get injured a little bit, though. We're putting in some, well, Tony's going to talk about some post holes and stuff like that. I got a blister. Mm, you got a blister. But it's okay. That's I okay. survived. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. I'm Bethany Hale, and this is the first time I've been to Africa. Uh, my husband's been a couple of times, I think three, and since I work in the church office, I've uh, been able to see all of the pictures that have come in over the past, uh, what, 10 years or something of trips and just been able to really feel like I knew some of the people before I even ever met them. Um, so I was really excited to go, um, but I was also fearful. So I kind of approached the trip with a lot of prayer, uh, knowing that uh, 
I would not have control over a lot of the things that were going to happen and uh, that I would need to trust God and um, just really focus on what he wanted to do uh, in me and through me. And so he uh, started developing me through prayer even before we left, um, just really trying to trust him to not be anxious about it and uh, just trust that he has a good plan for me. Um, so we, uh, we got to do a lot of different things. The, the pastors that uh, Chris was talking about, we got to meet with them and pray with them. And, and something that stood out to, I think, a couple of us mentioned this, is when we prayed with them, they were so humble. They would immediately fall to their knees mm-hmm. and um, just accept this prayer, like just knowing that they needed God so desperately. Mm-hmm. Um, and hearing them pray, their desperation for him is just so evident because their needs on a daily basis are just, like Scott was saying, it's give us our daily bread today. We need it. Um, their prayers are so powerful. They, I feel like I learned to pray from them some just because of the desperation they have for God and pouring out their hearts to him. Um, while we were there, I was making lists of people to pray for and just thinking about how much we need to pray. And uh, Mary Coker is Pastor Patrick's daughter, and she was telling us her schedule one day and how she gets up at 4.30 to do some different chores and things, but she prays for an hour, and she said she prays for us. And so I was really... Uh, impressed by that, touched by that, that she would spend an hour in prayer and, and include me in that prayer and just that dedication of and the focus of praying. And I remember just thinking, I do not pray for them enough. You know, I off and on think about them and pray for them once in a while, but um, I, I remember mentioning to Scott that we don't pray for them enough. We need to, to put them before our church and pray for them more and, and remember them. Um, and so that's one of the inserts in your worship program today is the pastors, it's got Pastor Patrick and Teresa and Michael and uh, Pastor Francis, and we just, um, we really want you guys to have this in front of you so that you can be reminded of them and pray for them and and pray for their the work that they're doing. The, it's not easy. It's not the same as it is here. It's not a simple thing. It's, it's a lot of work. They have opposition, and um, just pray that they will be faithful and continue to serve God in the way that he calls them to every day. Um, I just want to piggyback on that and I would say if you're taking notes with those uh, so Patrick uh, the top picture he and his family and we're going to hear about a bunch of kids that they take care of in their village uh, pray for them that way um, recently Teresa and his son John were in a uh, auto wreck and I mean life is difficult like it is for us but then um, there's just an, a lot of opposition uh, with Michael there, uh, one thing that broke our heart is they don't have a clean water well in this city of Gondama. And and so we're asking, God, what's your agenda and how can we be a part of that? Um, and then even the bottom one there with Francis, and Chris mentions highly uh, populated Muslim uh, population there, and then they are lacking. He said, we are getting kicked out of our school and our church building in the next year. Uh, they don't want us here. And so those are some prayer needs that we need to take before God and say, God, give them their daily bread. Provide for them. They're doing a great work. Now, God knows all of this, but this is part of our development where we rely on God. And God's going to do great things for them as well and in their communities in response to our prayers. This is just how God works. He says, okay, 
I, I can do all this. I just want you to join me. And he's honored when we'd have faith to do that. So I was glad that Bethany brought that up early on, like, we aren't praying for them enough. And Okay, then make a nice insert, and we'll tell our, all of our people. So thank you, Bethany. Um, another thing, when we were in Moyamba, we uh, were blessed to go see some people that are members of the church that are either sick or older, and uh, Pastor Patrick uh, clearly has some really good relationships with them, like Chris was saying, they're kind of, he's kind of a celebrity. They all love him. Um, so we approached this uh, woman who is 100. Her name is Sarah, and she's there on the left. She um, basically is twice the, the life expectancy of the, the people in Sierra Leone, um, being nearly 100. And so when we walked up, she said, she saw past, uh, Pastor Patrick and just said, oh, my pastor. And you could just tell that she, you know, she had a really deep love for him and, and knowing that he cared for her. Um, and so we were able to just pray with her and um, thank the Lord for her life. And uh, we also were able to pray with a woman named Cotty. And she had been sick for maybe two months and they don't know what is going on with her. Um, I remember when I put my hand on her, she felt really hot and just you know, I'm thinking, you know, maybe she has a fever, you know, who knows what's wrong with her, but such simple things as maybe going to the doctor is not really an option for them, and, and so maybe if she had that option, she would be feeling better already, but, um, you know, she's been sick for two months, and you could just see the pain uh, in her face, and so uh, we were able to pray with her, and uh, she had tears as we left, and, um, and then we prayed with Christiana there on the right, and she has some sort of physical limitations. I don't know what they are, but she's bound to a wheelchair, and that makes things really difficult when you live in a, a hilly area that has no really paved roads, and she, getting around is probably not very easy, I can't imagine. Um, her sister Jessica uh, takes care of her, and so uh, we were able to pray with her, and she, her countenance, just, you know, she had such joy on her face after we prayed, and I felt so blessed that we had the opportunity to pray with them. Um, I don't feel like my prayers are worth anything, but, you know, God, God hears all of us, and he wants to hear our prayers, and um, I thought of the verse uh, when Scott mentioned something earlier about uh, God sees us through the lens of his son, and so in James five sixteen it says that the prayers of a righteous person are powerful as they're working, and because God sees us through his son, he sees us as righteous and mm. hears our prayers. Um, so it was just a really a big blessing to me to, to pray for them. Um, Jessica goes to the school, Willamette International Academy, which somebody else says a lot better. Willamette International Academy. Yeah. Yes. That's how they say it. I love hearing it. Um, so this school was started maybe, you said 2013, I think. Um, by our church, and they have over 200 students, and their grades are basically like a, a middle school and high school, um, though they have kids ranging in ages all the way up to, I think, like 20s, 23, um, and so they put on a little production for us with some skits and songs, and uh, we got to just hear from the kids a little bit and enjoy that time there. Good. Thank you, Bethany. Uh, my name is Tony Pope. Um, this is my first trip to Africa, and uh, like Bethany said, I think all of us prayed quite a bit before we went, and uh, my prayer was that God would meet me in a new place, new relationships, and I can tell you, God did not disappoint. Um, I was able to uh, connect with um, a man there. His name is Claudius. Um, he is a teacher, 
There's a picture of him right there. That's in front of his house that uh, he built himself out of mud bricks. Um, he's a teacher at Willamette. He's also a member of the church at Willamette on our Moyamba campus. Um, Claudius is one of those people you'd meet that is just a very compassionate, humble, gentle man. Um, I think we all felt the connection with, with Claudius. Just a wonderful human being. Um, he is the oldest member, male member of his family. His auntie lives in front of him, so as the oldest member, he has a lot of responsibility. And we spent many evenings he was at our place. We prayed with him, spent time with him. Um, and Claudius has been through a lot of tragedy this last year. Uh, within the last year, his sister was beat to death. Um, his brother-in-law, Bishy, was sick, and we had been praying for him while we were there. Claudius was leaving after school, taking motor his motorcycle, his friend's motorcycle, to villages to raise funds so that Bishy could go to the hospital and, and hopefully find out what's wrong with him. Um, unfortunately, one morning when we were heading to Gandama, we had found out that Bishy had passed away. So, you know, I would just say pray for Claudius. Um, he has two nieces now that don't have a mother or father. Um, the following Monday, they were going to meet as a family to find out, find out where the kids were going to be and how to take care of them. So there are a lot of things that go on there. But Claudius still had a joyous heart and a spirit for the Lord. And it was just a blessing to, to meet with him and share with him. And, you know, it's a wonderful time. So continue tell to pray for the people there. Um, tell them what happened when you gave him the good and plenties. No, oh, that was... That was uh, that's Claudius, too. Well, yeah, but it was uh, Patrick. So we were sitting down. and had some good and plenties, and Scott was there and gave, him, gave some good and plenties to uh, Patrick and gave some to Claudius later. But Scott asked, uh, Patrick, what do you think's in there? And he says, uh, meat. <laughs> well, it's, it's licorice, but <laughs> they're not used to having sweets. So it, it, was, it was quite humorous for us. So, so yeah, it was a wonderful a wonderful life-changing time um, to spend with, with a humble person like that. Um, the other thing we were able to do, which was, was a blessing, was we were able to spend time at, at Grace Village Orphanage. Um, that is part of Willam or, uh, West Africa Partners, which is a large, larger organization that have churches from California, Oregon, Washington, New Mexico to help support this. Um, as you can see here, we were able to work on a fence. Um, we put in 250 feet, Chris, something yeah. like that. Uh, probably put in 50 fence, 50 over 50 fence posts. Um, first day, we were able to hand dig every one of them, set all the posts in concrete. And it was a little warm, just a I little bit. I did a bit. year's worth of work in that day. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so that day we were really, was really good. Uh, Michael... Birch, who is a missionary, who's at the um, dam complex there, part of, of West Africa Partners. He is actually from Monmouth, so he does a lot of the maintenance there, and so we were able to spend time and help him. So that day we did all the poles, and the, the day we left on Saturday, we were out there, and we were able to finish the fence with the mesh. So it was a very wonderful time. Um, West Africa Partners is also has just purchased 10 more acres. They have it fenced. Um, 
I actually was ran into Jerry McIntosh just last week and got some information from him. They're going to change um, Grace Village Orphanage into Grace Village Academy, and they'll be graduating students there. And their hope is to take the top students who finish high school. Now, all the students there have to pass a test to finish high school, so they're you can tell who's doing really well and passing this national test and who's not. And they plan on having scholarships for students to go to med school and engineering school. Um, there's going to be an opportunity. Med school costs $3,000 a year in Sierra Leone. Um, Six-year process, and then Jerry says they plan on contracting with these people to spend six years in the area, and then they're able to go free to practice medicine somewhere else. But... I think it's going to be a wonderful opportunity for the country and the people of Sierra Leone and for the, um, the academy to be able to do this for these students. Um, also in the new, new, new complex, they're going, to, they're going to put in a new Bible Institute, um, some housing so when the people come they have a place to stay for the institute, and they plan on putting in some vocational trades like plumbing and electricians so these people will be able to be self-supported, which is really a, really a nice thing. Um, the thing to know about West Africa Partners is it's not easy to buy property over there. It's not like you go to the title company and they say, hey, yeah, we've got everything. There's no liens. There's no, there's no tax laws, no tax liabilities. So they have done their due diligence to make sure that the churches is protected, that if there's anything wrong, it is all done right. It's a very long process. Um, one of the other things we were able to do is on the way to Moyamba, we stopped by and saw Pastor Horace and Tiama. Um, they were digging a well there. Um, that's a hand, hand digging right there where they have a uh, small object. You spin the rod around. Chris had and I had an opportunity to try it. It's a little more challenging than, for us than what they do. Um, so we prayed with Horace and uh, got to see that well. We didn't see it completed, and we just were praying for uh, clean water. And so then we had to go to Moyamba. On the way back, we were fortunate enough to be able to stop by, and unfortunately, that well that was dug was dry. Mm. So uh, the, drill well, the well drilling team was still there, and they had started to redrill a well in an actually a really nice location between the church and the school, and it was a well that had been destroyed during the uh, Civil War. So they were drilling there, and we had the opportunity to see them pull out some nice brown water, kind of looks like the red clay we have here, and they didn't know if that water was going to be good or not, but there was water there, and uh, we had to leave. So um, by the grace of God on Friday, we had great news. That well was good, and they do now have a good well. Mm -hmm. There it is. That is the well. Right there, there. yeah. <laughs> and we need to thank, we want to thank you for supplying the the funds for that, um, Horace and them are very happy to have fresh water close to the church and the school, and I believe that's the 12th well that Willamette Community has funded for Sierra Leone. So thank you very much for your prayers and your support, and now I'm going to give it to Amy who's going to talk about some kids. Hello, I'm Amy, and this was my third trip to Sierra Leone. And first, I really want to praise the Lord for safety when we traveled and health while we were there and the cohesiveness of our team because we all cared for each other and were kind and got along. So, 
And I also want to extend a heartfelt thank you to all of you who prayed faithfully for us. And we did feel it very tangibly every day. And for those of you who gave of your own resources to help make um, this mission trip possible for us. So this week, as I was preparing to share, I knew Pastor Scott would talk about prayer. And I'm, I was just often, I'm often reminded how we don't take advantage of that powerful resource mm. that's just at our fingertips. But while we're in Africa, we are so reminded every day that um, prayer is so needed. They have so many overwhelming daily needs that they don't, there's nothing left but to pray. So it was very powerful and humbling for us to observe um, how they pray every day. So I am going to share about the children that we spent time with. And last year, if you were here, you heard me speak about an orphan named Amila who had some injury to, there's Amila in the middle wearing the brown dress, and then on the right, she is wearing the white dress. She had had an injury to her leg that had not healed properly, and that really affected me the first time that we went. And so I went home from that trip and prayed for her every day. And then um, I just had some ex expectations and an agenda with my prayers. I just wanted to be able to help her. I wanted to be able to facilitate healing for her, and however God would make that happen. And so last year when we went to Moyamba, she was not there. And I had to adjust my expectations, and I really questioned the Lord, well, what were you doing? Why, why is this happening, and where is she? And so when I came home, I continued to pray for her. I did not know if, where she was or even if she was still alive. But this year, we, um, when we got to Moyamba, we immediately went down to the village for a baptism service. And when we got to the river, I looked up, and she was there. And it was very moving. We had an emotional reunion. And I was just so grateful to the Lord. Um, she clung to me. She remembered me. And I just said, I pray for you every day for two years. And uh, we just got to spend five beautiful days together in Moyamba. It was wonderful. So um, I should not have been shocked at what the Lord could do. But I am embarrassed to say I was a little bit, but he still works through that and through our prayers. He's working behind the scenes, even if it's not in alignment with my timing or even your timing. God knows what he's doing in the full purpose of his plan. Hmm. So um, another fun thing that we did while we were there was playing with the, the kids who are in our church in Moyamba. And Tony had the brilliant idea to bring Frisbees. And so there we are playing with Frisbees with the kids. You'll also see a video of it later. Um, it's so fun to see a simple thing bring so much joy to them. And so we kind of had to be dodging all these Frisbees as they're wanting to, <laughs> wanting to play with all of us. And <laughs> anyway, it, it was just really fun. And um, these children also had prepared a skit and... Uh, um, a performance of a, the parable of the prodigal son. And so we got to watch them do that. They had worked really hard, and they had also prepared Bible verses that they had memorized. So we got to watch them. And so it's just, just continue to pray for them. Um, Pastor Patrick and Teresa care for these children. They, many are orphaned, or many, or they don't live with their parents for one reason or another. We don't know all of their specific situations. 
But Pastor Patrick and Teresa care for them with their own resources, and they teach them about Jesus. They teach them about the Word of God, and it's really exciting to see them growing up in this environment. And I believe we have a little uh, video of a child named Princess who is going to say um, Psalm 100, verse 1. And she's, they have an accent, so her verse will say, Shout for joy to the... Let's see. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. So if you want to play that. My name is Princess Arjus Minga. My memory verse is Psalm 101. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. <laughs> I love that verse because... We live in a world of comfort, and they do not, and they have so much joy in the little things. So it's such a great reminder for us to focus on what we do have and be grateful. So as I finish up today, I want to remind you that we have photos in the back of the children from our church in Moyamba, um, and we started taking photos in 2013. And so if you want to grab a photo and write your name down so you can, uh, as a daily reminder to pray for them, that would be wonderful. Some of your children from last year may not be there on the table this year, but just continue to pray for them. They may have moved on, or they just may have not been there the week that we were there to take their photo. So just pray that they will come to a saving knowledge of Jesus. Pray for their health. Pray for their, uh, for their growth in the Lord, and that God will just use their circumstances to further his kingdom. Yeah. Thank you, Amy. You know, that's a, that's a faith activity than to pray for a kid that you may never see uh, before heaven uh, or to pray for a kid that you were praying for last year and you don't see his or her card out there. It's just an opportunity for us to say, God, I'm still going to trust you. I'm going to trust you for these kids. I'm going to trust you for... The reality is in our culture, we don't have to trust God because we've got doctors, and we've got bank accounts, and savings accounts, and retirement accounts, and we've got all of these things, and, and so this will be a good opportunity. We're going to encourage you, Tony, and Amy, and Bethany will be back there, and just uh, take one of these kids' cards, pray for them. I agree, Amy, with what you said, that they would come to know Jesus. They're hearing from Pastor Patrick and his wife, Teresa, um, and pray for all of their provisions, and we in faith believe that God loves, we know that God loves those kids. He knows them by name. Uh, we're just joining in with the great work. And God's going to do something in us as we pray for them. So thank you for doing that. Uh, I'll just say we, we're, we're done talking here, but we have so many other stories. Feel free to invite any of us out for coffee, uh, out for dinner, whatever. And, and Ask we've, Pastor Scott about the chicken. Yeah, I had forgotten about that. Um, <laughs> so I lost a bet and had to touch a rabid chicken one day. So <clears throat> anyway, but not rabid. We don't know. It looked rabid. But anyway, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the so we've got a lot of fun stories, <laughs> stories that make us cry, uh, stories that make us laugh, things like that. So You were supposed to catch the chicken, but the lady had to grab the chicken. Yeah, yeah. That was what was I'm funny. I'm not experienced at catching chicken. Okay, okay. So, anyway. Uh, but hopefully this would draw you into praying more. Hopefully this would draw you into a greater relationship with God. And saying like the disciple says, teach us to pray, Lord. 
And uh, we get to talk to Father God. And we get to ask, say, yeah, I, it's not about my agenda. It's your kingdom that I want to come in my life and uh, in our community. And give us, yeah, provide for us, God. I, I understand we can provide a lot of things for ourselves, but there are a lot of things we can't. And so, God, give me the eyes of faith to understand the things that I am not supposed to provide for and that I'm supposed to rely on you. And ho hopefully we would be um, developed in prayer like our brothers and sisters in, in Sierra Leone that taught us a lot about prayer. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to close us in prayer. Then we're going to watch a video together. And then uh, the worship team is going to lead us in the last song today. But let's uh, pray with me, please. Father, I thank you for the opportunity that six of us got to go over and see this firsthand. But I thank you also for the opportunity we had to pray and the opportunity that you present before us to draw near to you and for our own development, but for the development of little kids, for the churches in Sierra Leone, uh, for the ones that don't know you yet, that you have a heart for and that you want to see to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And I ask, God, that you would cause us, as we pray for your kingdom to come, that you would cause us to be learners and disciples in, in the way of, that we would say, teach us, but that you'd help us to invest in others here, that you'd help us to introduce people to Jesus here, it's not just what's happening over there in Africa, but it's what's happening here. You want your kingdom to come in our lives and through our lives. And so teach us to pray. And I realize that you might do that through bringing about some tragedies, that you might bring about weaknesses, and you might bring about difficulties that we wouldn't want. But if it causes us to learn how to connect with you better, well, we would see the value of that. And so I thank you for hearing the prayers of many and for the trip that we got to be a part of. As we watch this video, just continue to help us to see our need for you. Help us to see our need to pray for our brothers and sisters in Sierra Leone. And we commit all this to you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you for looking into God's word with us today. We would encourage you to continue to keep our brothers and sisters in Sierra Leone in your prayers as they spread the gospel of Jesus Christ.